We often don't realize that we are the key to our own happiness and that happiness starts with healing and transformation. Whether you need healing, guidance, clarity, understanding, or just some honest sister talk to feel connected, heard, and supported, you are welcome and safe here. So join the conversation and be healed. Welcome to Soul Healing Conversations with your host, Ross Kincaid. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Soul Healing Conversations. I'm your host and intuitive soul healer, Roz Kincaid. If you are new to the podcast or new to my YouTube channel, welcome to the show. If you're a regular, welcome on back, y'all. So today I have another special guest joining me. And in this episode, I am going to be talking with Carla Gregg, and she is a purpose-driven storyteller, a student of life, personal growth coach, and a neuro-linguistic programming master practitioner. Listen, it takes a lot, a lot of bravery and self-awareness and willingness to work on yourself and face your fears. And Carla helps people to learn to harness their values, their vision, purpose, and story to get the clarity and the courage and the confidence to become who they are meant to be. And that's one of the main reasons why I invited Carla to join me in this episode, because we serve very similar purposes. So in this episode, Carla and I talk about where fear comes from, how neuro-linguistic programming can help resolve these debilitating fears that we often live with. So one thing before I go, if you are a strong woman of color who's been minimizing the most real and best parts of yourself, and you want to transform that lack of self-acceptance, the feelings of overwhelm from you overgiving, and your struggles with holding boundaries into feeling more peace and calm, and just being more confident so that you can move beyond the pressures of living up to other people's standards and fully have control over your life. If that resonates with you, or something in today's episode strikes you, then I invite you to book a clarity and alignment call with me to see if my empowerment private coaching program would be the right next step for you. In this program, it is an intimate one-on-one container where I help you through an identity shift, so to speak, into that woman you wanna be without any apology and without any second guessing. So we start with a clarity and alignment call to do a quick vibe check and to give you an opportunity to lean into what it is that you truly want for yourself and to talk about the ways that I can support you in having it. So that's all I wanted to say. So go on now and enjoy the episode. So welcome, Carla, to the podcast. I appreciate you giving us your time and energy to talk about this topic that nobody seems to like want to deal with, but you don't have to deal with it at some point. I, I, I liken it to the pile of laundry or the dishes that are piled up that aren't going to go away until you put your hands on them and do something with them. So right. welcome. I'm glad to have you. Thank you. Yeah. You, you unpacked so much about what we could talk about. I guess I could start with just like why I'm so drawn to letting go of fears and like stepping into your courage. Um, I always tell the story of like when I was a little girl and like how afraid I was, I was afraid of everything. And this is kind of a funny story, but 
I was even afraid of dark dogs, like cute little dogs. And I remember one of my best friends, she had this little dog and I was so afraid of it that I remember running backwards, just kind of like as if something dangerous is coming towards you. And I was like walking backwards and I fall and I land, my tush lands on a pile of crap, literally like a dog crap. And I start crying. I shouldn't be laughing this hard. And then I know you told me this before, but every time you tell me this, boy, the visual that I get about this is, oh God, poor thing, poor baby. I imagine this like, I think I was like three or four, but it's like one of my first memories. And I feel like ever since then, like fear has always just been something that I let, like almost carried me through ever since I was like little. And I mean, there's even deeper reasons as to why I was like so afraid, but that was just like a funny story that really makes me look back and get a perspective of like, yeah, like if you run away from fear, like shit will follow you (laughs) and you'll land in it. Right. So it's like, you have to embrace it. You have to literally embrace that fear and try to find ways to manage that anxiety. Cause at the end of the day, fear is anxiety and it, it causes stress, anxiety, and it's an emotion that really prevents you from being the best version of yourself, from going and living your fullest potential because it blocks your mind, right? It creates that like flight or fight feeling. And so at the end of the day, like, yes, fear also causes you to create that safety. Like fear doesn't have to be a bad thing. Like this, if it was like a big dog, I could understand like being afraid of it, right? Um, keeping keeping yourself safe from danger. It's almost like when you're a little kid, right? And you stick a fork in like an outlet, right? If that shock, if, if you get electrocuted, you're going to know that how that pain felt. And if you, then you're going to fear that, you know, you're, it's going to prevent you from doing these things that could potentially harm you. So fear isn't essentially a bad thing, but it becomes a bad thing when we're constantly you know, just not, not embracing it, right? Like running away from it, like I said earlier. And so I've learned to just embrace fear and ask myself like, okay, why am I feeling this way? And oftentimes fear comes from not knowing, like not knowing the outcome, like the fear of the future, not knowing what's going to happen next. And then, yeah, the danger. And then just kind of really, there's so much to unpack on fear, but yeah, it just, it's something that I've, I've always been passionate about in terms of like stepping into courage, because again, like as a little kid, I was always afraid. And it wasn't until my twenties when I moved off to college that I had to really like cur- courage is a risk, like taking a risk. And I was so afraid of like moving away from my house and starting like a new life. But when I decided and I wasn't really ready for it I mean I come from a family who didn't have like the money and I I was the first person in my family to graduate so I didn't know what like going to college was I didn't know if I would make it I didn't know if I could like you know if I would be able to graduate or if I could do it on my own and so like moving to a bigger city it forced me to take that risk it forced me to be courageous and step into my courage and just kind of embrace fears and figure it out along the way, even though it was also terrifying at the same time. Right. You know what I find interesting? I have a six-year-old daughter. She's free-spirited, 
but I can't like I get why she would be afraid of the dark but in this house where we have paid to have all of these light switches and light outlets she she will not go into her room she will not be in the dark by herself but there are like periods of time where I can leave her in a room and she won't be afraid at all but yet she will go to gymnastics and flip backwards roll over a pole jump off the high beam and like but you you're not afraid of that but you afraid of the dark that you don't where there's nothing and and I find it interesting that I don't want to say we pick and choose what to be afraid of but I find interesting that there are certain things that will make us fearful that are actual threats to our life but we'll be afraid of something that's not actually real right Like like girl what's going on yeah I mean we all experience fear in different ways right like I feel like we're very comfortable in expressing ourselves like online, for example, but there's so many people out there who are afraid to be seen and are afraid to put themselves out there because they fear like what other people will think of them. But for us, it's maybe like, you know, we've been doing this for a while that we kind of just allow ourselves to embrace that fear. Um, And it sounds like for your daughter, right? Maybe there was something that has triggered her to be afraid of the dark but she's not afraid of physical pain. Like if I had to do gymnastic, like I'm very terrified of physical pain. So I would always avoid anything that I'm like, will I break my knee in this activity? No, I'm good, you know? And so it really comes down to finding that root cause and figuring out like, where where does this come from? Like, I remember like, you know, I talk about fear of physical pain and your daughter doing gymnastics. I admire people who could do simple things like snowboarding. For the longest time, I was afraid, right, of any type of activity, physical activity. And it actually prevented me from doing other things that I wanted to do. Like, I always wanted to go surfing, but I had this fear in the back of my head. It's like my mom telling me, you're going to be like a shark can attack you. And so I was like, yeah, that doesn't sound fun. So <laughs> I just never would go surfing or try paddleboarding. And I got to this point where I was like, I feel like I'm not living my life. Like I want to do these things, but I'm so afraid. And then those small fears, right? Being afraid of like the sharks would prevent me from doing things out of my, that were out of my comfort zone, like sports. And so tracing it back, I'm like, yeah, I did come from what our, what my mom had kind of instilled in my mind. It's not that I'm like blaming her for it. Right. But it's like, are we going to get stuck because of other people's fears or are we going to like push those and create our own beliefs of like what surfing could be? Right. So, I mean, I, I can't say how your, your daughter, why she's afraid of the dark. Like for me as a kid, I was definitely afraid of the dark up until maybe I was like 17, which is kind of embarrassing to say, but like, I remember even going outside, like I would ask my mom if she could watch me from far away. Like I had to go to the car and that fear really trickled from just like experiences. I mean, I grew up in like a mentally and emotionally abusive household and I had a lot of fear of just if something scary would come up. And, you know, I think any kid's really afraid of the dark, regardless of like what traumas you've experienced, but, you know, it really comes down to kind of helping her create a new narrative about the dark, either like she's protected and she's safe and, you know, just like light also has power and you know she could be safe in her in her home like nothing's going to happen to her so 
yeah I mean terrifying as a child like I could imagine yeah so oh my god that was that was so good that you you shared all of that and so it brought up a, a few things so I think that when we have fears and we don't know where they come from I think one of the explanations could be that there's past life trauma. It, it, like if, if y'all believe, if you call a believe in past life regression and past lives and reincarnation and all of that, I think that we, we incarnate into this human experience, bringing in past life trauma, but I also feel like there is like ancestral trauma there as well that we bring in genetically that we have to, you know, work through or send right on back to where it came from and let them deal with it. The other thing that you mentioned, and let me pause for a minute. And I know this is like super random, but let me ask you about something. Speaking of past lives, do you have a fear of, this is going to be like so far left. Do you, have a, do you have a fear of like being stabbed in the back or stabbed or something with a knife? Well, I had a fear for the longest time, not anymore, because uh, I've worked through a lot of those, but I remember I would always open up my my shower curtain because I had a fear of just someone randomly coming and like stabbing me. I mean, it was like a specific person too, though, but like at the same time, I was just like, what if somebody just walked into my house and did that? But I remember where this like fear came from. It was like some type of docu-series of like, husbands killing their wives you know like all those like murder mystery kind of things and I just remember thinking like and I watched that when I, I mean I was younger than like 16 years old and I still remember like in my mom's house like I'd be like <gasps> opening up my curtain so there was a time where I would keep my curtain halfway open which mm -hmm. is like not a great way to live I mean like we're literally living in paranoia when fear enter our body right yeah I mean this is this is crazy because I can I can clearly pick up on that, but what I'm seeing is like you way back in olden times, like like you may have been a queen or a princess, and you go to open the the curtains, and there's like a person standing there, and they just kind of stab you. So I I think what's happened now. I mean, it's great that you worked through that. I think that that has come through from past life, and then you get a reminder of it. <laughs> from this docu-series and then that triggers you like hey we need to work that through and don't ask me how I know because Raj just be knowing <laughs> and, and why this is coming up but right. I, I don't know I guess it's all to say that yes that was real yes that trauma was real yes that memory of it was real and yes you've worked through it so I guess spirit is coming through to say good on you Carla you've worked through that is this something that you go through with your clients I mean do you believe in like past lives yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yay. See, I, for me, I'm still, I don't, I, I say like, not completely. I don't think I believe. And I feel like a lot of my beliefs is like a Christian are like, yeah, I don't believe in past lives, but then there's certain things that happen to other people where I'm like, this sounds, this, this seems like a past life thing. Like what the heck's going on here? So I'm always one like to say, I don't know what I don't know. And being that like, I, have not dug deep into that like world and I'm like I don't know right like humans we there's so many things we don't know but as like an NLP practitioner when I go through helping my clients reprogram their subconscious mind so I should probably get clear on like what NLP is but NLP is neuro-linguistic programming so neuro meaning the mind 
language, linguistic, it's like how you talk to yourself and communicate with others. And then programming is reprogramming your mind. So creating new habits and reframing certain, certain beliefs about, you know, the world, about you and the world you live in. Mm-hmm. And it really what it comes down to is one of the simpler ways of explaining neurolinguistic programming is like, it's the communication that you have with yourself and with others, which I somewhat said. So like what thoughts are coming up for you and what, how are those thoughts being created into like your reality? And so if you say like, I'm stupid and you really truly believe that about yourself, like, are you going to prevent yourself from getting opportunities that will allow you to like grow your business or your life? And so it really comes down to like, again, the excellent communication with yourselves, but there's certain modalities and tools that we use to help people reprogram their subconscious mind. And I feel like the word reprogram sounds so like someone's like getting into your brain and just like yeah, like manipulating you or brainwashing you. And that term really came, it came from the seventies. So Richard Bendler, he's the creator of NLP and it started in the seventies. And it was like when, when computers were so popular. So when he decided to like come up with, with a, you know, a acronym or like a name for this, he said reprogramming, but I feel like now it would, would have been better to do like reshift, like reshifting your mindset or something different, but whatever, you know, it comes down to like understanding your thoughts, your emotions, and your beliefs subconsciously and tapping into your mind to find the root cause of like, what is making you believe these things about yourself and the world around you. And so one of the modalities that I use with my clients is called mental and emotional release. And I take them through really understanding their past. So some of the past stories that are living in their mind, centering them into the present and then taking them into the future. Like who would their future self be if they let go of the things that are preventing them from being the person that they're meant to be now? Like what is possible for their future if they let go of these things? And in one of the just like process that I take my clients through So mental emotional release is like a timeline therapy technique. And so it takes you through your past, your present and your future subconsciously. And I'll ask my clients, like this feeling that you have, where, like, where does it come from? And I take them through the timeline to understand, like, where did this feeling come? Like what event in their life, where did this emotions start coming up in And sometimes my clients will say like past life, or they'll say in the womb. And as a practitioner and a coach, I'm supposed to respect their model of the world. So if they say past life, I move on with like the script and I tell them, you know, to hold on to that. And although I've never experienced that personally, I have experienced the womb. Like I'll say like when I've worked with a coach or a practitioner and they're like, you know, where does this emotion where did this emotion come from? Was it before or after your birth? I'll say before. And they're like, where, like, and then I'll say like in the womb, which is crazy because I remember the first time that I did this process, it took me way back in the womb when I wasn't even born. Right. I was in my mom's stomach. And I remember seeing the event that was going on 
and I guess I'll get a little deep because me and you are like, you know, we're just deep like that. So when I, when my parents were together, like in the womb, my dad had cheated on my mom. And so it wasn't until like recently when I got into a relationship that this fear of like infidelity just kept like coming back. And I wasn't even, like, I didn't, I never even experienced it. Nobody has been unfaithful to me. And of course, like the trauma that like I had to live with my parents and like their divorce and all of that. But um, it was crazy that like, as I was going through this process and I was in my subconscious mind and like the practitioner, they're just guiding you. They're not like reprogramming your mind. Like you're the one going through the thoughts and you're like, wait, where, where did this like feeling this fear of infidelity come from? And then I'm like, oh, whoa. It was like before in the womb, because that's when it happened. And just to see it visually in my mind. There was a moment that I was like, okay, I don't want to see anything, right? Like, I don't want to see what my dad was doing. But um, it was crazy because I'm like, I, it took me all the way back to when I wasn't even born. I, I mean, I was born, but I was in the womb. And my clients have experienced things like this. You know, some of them have said past lives and it allows them to really find that. So we say like, preserve the learning. So that lesson, like that lesson that came from this traumatic event from this negative emotion or fear so it's interesting, like what your mind can help you release and heal when you're, when you're able to like sit with your emotions mm-hmm. and allow yourself to like process where this fear is coming from. Yeah. This is very interesting work. And I, of course I like love it and enjoy it because then I'm like, let's let it go. Like, let's embrace the fear, sit with it and then let it go. So, I mean, I, I'm still working progress with the fears yeah. that enter my mind and body but thankfully I have like the tools to help me release that yeah definitely what you explained about one of the techniques what is it the mental emotional mental mental and emotional release mental mental and emotional release what you what you said about that reminds me of how it kind of reminds me of a past life regression session was for me where you know, past life regression is a form of hypnotherapy, right? Right. So I had a session once where I was regressed. They, They regress you like through childhood back into the womb. And I could like, I had a very similar situation where, you know, my mom was, my dad was not faithful to my mom while I was in the womb and I could hear my mom crying. Like it was muffled, of course, cause I'm in utero, but I could hear her crying and 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 I could feel that energy too and and it's crazy because I don't know if I manifested relationships where most of the men were unfaithful to me but I can see how how those are tied together and there's still two different healing modalities so for those of y'all out there you know trying to compare PLR and NLP uh, you don't have to be hypnotized to really go back and pinpoint the root of, of these, these fears and things. And so with that, how do you work through with, with a client who is blocked and they can't really pinpoint the root cause? They don't know if it's past life. They don't know if it's, it's in utero. They don't know if it's, you know, conditioning or familial programming or values or whatever the case may be. How do you like, move through that block just to get to the root. Yeah. So it's a lot of repetition. And actually when I first got my certification in neurolinguistic programming and mental and emotional release, one of the requirements was also to get certified in hypnosis. 
And I, like as a Christian, although I'm very like gray Christian, I would say like I I don't see like things as like black and white or like I'm right or you're wrong. Even though I do have like strong faith, and I'm like I'm right. I'm sure. <laughs> I wouldn't like force that on people, right? Because like we're all going to connect with our Creator in different ways and with different tools. And who am I to say that like you know that's not the right way? However, like so when when I got hip when I was told that I was going to get uh, certification hypnosis I was like what the heck you know like what is this but then like I realized that with hypnosis we are taught in movies that it's something that you take control over people and just like any tool like the bible or meditation or yoga it could be used for darkness or it could be used for light to help people heal and grow and evolve into the person that they were created to be and so with hypnosis it it's not a form of control. It's just a form of repetition. It's like constant repetition. And so a lot of what I do with mental and emotional release is connect in connection with hypnosis. It's very repetitive. And so I am very repetitive with my clients to the point where it's exhausting. But by that time, it's confusing their subconscious mind in a way that does not allow their conscious mind to get in the way. So I'll ask them like, they're like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what age I'm in. Like, even when I first did this, when, when it was done on me, I remember there was this like problem that I was trying to let go of. And the practitioner kept saying, what age were you? And I was like 27. And they're like, well, if you were like younger, what age would you be? And I was like seven, but I was like forcing. Cause I was like, the problem's happening now when I'm 27, 28 or whatever age I was when I graduated this program. But I was like, it felt so now. And as a practitioner, we have to be repetitive and be like, well, if you were to know, or like, if you were to ask your subconscious mind, right? And so at that point, they're just like, ah, like they let go of control and they it forces them to say like what really is in their mind that is like, obviously the conscious is preventing them from speaking up. There has been times where my clients like aren't ready to let go of something and they're just like, I'm like mad. And again, I continue it with repetition, helping them understand that if they hold on to this ne- uh, negative emotion or fear, it's not serving them. And that holding on to this fear can cause anxiety and it can cause depression. And then it can lead to worse things like cancer or chronic depression or chronic pain. So really helping their mind understand like what is on the other side, if you don't let go of this thing that you don't want to let go of. And it is a very exhausting process. Like my clients, like even me as the coach, when I first started, I was like, Oh my God, like I would need like a day after to just recover from this. But now I'm able to like you know, go out to eat and dance after and I feel fine, but it's such a constant repetition. But my clients, like one of my clients, she kind of, I'm like, can you write that as a testimonial, please? She was like, it's one of the most draining things ever, but in the best way. And she's like, because I can't, I can't believe that I had been carrying all this feeling of hurt. Like she would not let go of that emotion for all these years because she just didn't have a good relationship with her sister. And she was carrying this emotion of hurt for like, her 30 plus years of life when in this session, even though it was repetitive and I was like helping her release it, it was exhausting, but it was amazing in the most draining like way because we were able to let go of it. And now she could move on with her life and, you know, be the person that she's meant to be. But yeah, it's a lot of repetition, a lot of like questioning or more so confusing the conscious mind. So the subconscious mind can be put to work because oftentimes we're like trying to again keep have control and also like say what we think we should say right like that's what our conscious mind does so 
like trying to bend the spoon and the spoon not bending because you're trying to bend the spoon, (laughs) you know? I'm assuming that there is a lot of emotional crying, having a fit, breaking down that comes along with this kind of work with being, you know, the, the client in the, in the position of receiving or, you know, practicing neurolinguistic programming. Can you talk a little bit about like what you've witnessed and what you've seen when you do the mental and emotional release? Yeah, I see a lot of people, women, just because I've worked with women, want to let go of these problems, these fears, limiting beliefs, whatever shows up, but them being afraid that if they let it go, almost like a part of them is going to die, a part of them that they don't want. Like they they want to hold on to their baggage. So for example, one of the most difficult things for my clients is to like let go of forgiveness or like to forgive others is mm-hmm. what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. Because if someone hurt them, they're like, well, if I forgive this person, then I'm saying that it's okay for what they did to me. And it's like, no, when you forgive this person, you're able, you're able to be set free. And this is for you. It's not for them. So I see a lot of that. And it does require me as a coach to have compassion for them and grace and patience. But on the other side of forgiveness is total freedom. And so I've noticed a lot of that in the breakthrough sessions, but, or the mental emotional release, which I do like a full on breakthrough session with my clients. I notice a lot of shift in how they look from the outer aspect of things. It's almost like going to the gym and like in three months you go from like flab to abs, right. And just the span of like five to eight hours. This is usually what I take the process that it takes to take my clients through the entire breakthrough session or I divide it into three days now, but from the moment they enter the sessions with me, they're, you know, they have a problem. They have a lot of things that they want to let go of either just like family problems that they're dealing with or lack of confidence or lack of clarity or feeling the biggest one for my clients is like suppressing who they really are. And I think all of us at some point we're like, Oh, I know who I am. I'm most, I'm my most authentic self. Like I felt this way three years ago in my twenties, like I've never been someone to follow the crowd. So I was always like, I'm being myself, but I wasn't, there were so many parts of myself that I was suppressing because of what other people would think of me. And so like in the beginning of the sessions with me, my clients look, even though they're like happy in themselves, they look like they're still wearing a mask. Like they're still kind of tense. And by the end of the sessions, they like, it's like complete opposite. Like they're more lighter, more happier. And I could see it in their reflection of their like face and just like their energy. I'm like, do you, like, I should do it before and after, like before you enter the break, the session to after. And even if it's not, even if the clients aren't crying through their session, it's still this like complete shift. It's super empowering to see them transform in just hours. And I remember the first time I did this work on myself, well, you know, I had a practitioner do it on me. I looked so much more confident from the outside. You, you walk like you want to be seen. You walk like you want to be heard versus hiding yourself, your truest self. And so that's like one of the biggest shifts that I've seen in the sessions with my clients that they embody confidence and courage and clarity and calm. And 
they're just not afraid to be themselves which is very empowering yeah that would be yeah mm-hmm. and to be able to confidently own who you are like own all of it even even the fear mm-hmm. be able to walk in that and not not just walk in the confidence but be in the vulnerability too like damn it I'm mad I'm sad I'm feeling in a low place but you know I have tools to get me out of this I I, I know somebody that knows something about it that can help right. me and can you do NLP on your own or is it do you need to have a practitioner kind of guiding you through it I would always suggest to have a practitioner guide you through it but when you get to a moment a place where you're you're very just like trained in this you could do mental and emotional release on yourself like my mentor with NLP and some of the coaches that were there during the training like she does mental and emotional release on herself not through like the entire like a breakthrough session but mental and emotional release is just going back and finding like finding the preserved learning so like I'll be like okay for example, like I told my boyfriend, like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm 31. And like, nothing has happened. Like I, I said, I think I said something along the lines of like, oh, I'm 31. And I feel like I haven't done anything like this, this, these ne- next last six months. Like I just felt super negative and I was feeling like disappointed and frustrated. And then I like went into the past and I'm like, why do I feel this way? Like you know, I did it like in my mind, why do I feel frustrated and disappointed? And I was like, oh my God, it's because like, I'm not taking action on certain things that I want to be doing. And this feeling has happened in the past. It's just like a repetitive thing that I've experienced this before. And then realizing like what the root cause was, I'm like, okay, I haven't taken action. What do I need to do? So the preserved learning was like, go back and write down everything that that you have done and focus on gratitude. So like what has made your life fulfilling these past six months. Right. So then I took some time to journal and these are like super like easy techniques. Like when you don't go through the entire, entire mental and emotional release process, because with mental and emotional release, when you're, when you want to like fully work on one area. So I take my clients through an entire personal breakthrough session. And I asked them, what area of life do you want to work on? That if you work on this area, it's going to help, you know, your other areas of life and help you be balanced and calm. And so for example, if it's like relationships, so I take them through the entire process of relationship. And when I'm asking them questions in like the story portion of it, which we call personal detailed history, I'm asking them questions like, what is the problem? And then how is that a problem? That's one of like my funniest questions. It's very repetitive. I'm like, how is that a problem? And they'll be like, because like, if I'm, if I'm not communicating right with my partner, then this ha- will happen. I'm like, how is that a problem? And they're like, because I, I will, I'll feel like we'll break up. And I'm like, how is that a problem? They're like, I feel like I'm not good enough. I'm like, great. So I'm like, not good enough. And I'm like, I'm tracking certain patterns. And so working with a practitioner, they're able to catch your language patterns. And then based on that, help you find the root cause and help you not only get rid of the main negative emotions, which is like guilt, shame, fear, sadness, anger, and hurt. But if there's other emotions, like the one that appeared to me last night, which was like disappointment in myself, then they would like, based on my language patterns, they would be able to recognize that and help me release it. And then the great thing about working with a practitioner is then they'll also guide you in creating like your ideal self where you're not just stuck in the state of like, 
oh, I'm broken. I'm hurt. I'm constantly working on myself. I'm still healing, but it's like, okay, great. We're always going to be healing because there's always going to be new challenges in our life. But how is the ideal version of yourself going to step into their courage? Which is why I use that phrase often. Like, how are they going to handle changes? How are they going to take risks? Like, how is this person going to show up every day? And I feel like sometimes when we're doing the work ourselves, we get so stuck on the like, uh, you know, I'm still healing. Like we have too much self-compassion on ourselves, which I think is important to have compassion on ourselves, but we get into this like, oh, why me kind of thing versus what do I need to do to move forward? But yes, these tools could definitely be used on yourself. Like I, I mean, NLP is more of a, like, there's so many different tools and modalities, like there's this one that I really love. It's called like parts integration. Mm. And so it's finding the higher, the higher purpose of both parts. So it'll be like, I remember the first time I did this was like, part of me wants to quit my full, my full, like part of me wants to get a full-time job. And the other part of me wants to be a full-time entrepreneur still. And when I went through both of the parts, like one part looked like my dad, the other one looked like my mom. There was all these like different qualities that these parts had, but at the end of it, at the end of it, the higher purpose of both was that they both wanted to provide for their family. And I remember I was like, oh, that really shocked me because it allowed me to just have more compassion on other people in my life, like my dad, who I was like in the process of like forgiving at that time. And so there's so many tools out there that are taught in with NLP that you could definitely use on yourself. And again, it's language pattern. So it's the, the language, you know, how you communicate with yourself through your mind, but also through your words and your mouth, right? Right. Power. And so there, I mean, NLP is used for like sales techniques. Like the other day I was kind of resurfacing because I feel like I'm always learning and I don't know everything. I know enough, right. To help my clients, but I also want to be like extra, uh, like, I really want to know what I teach. And so I was learning about like sales techniques with NLP And my mentor used this phrase that was like, when you, when you pitch your services to someone, like they ask you, what is it that you do? And then you share like what it is that you do, ending it with, is this of value to you or not? And I know that's such a simple little phrase, but most of the time you would just say like, oh, is this of interest to you? And then they're like, no. Right. But like you almost allow them to make a decision in that moment, like yes or no. Mm -hmm. And so NLP teaches you a lot of language patterns that you could use to be a better communicator, a better speaker with the world and with yourself. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot to unpack with NLP and the modalities that are taught. A lot of people that can be using that whole communication technique. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, myself, this is why I never stopped learning. I mean, I stopped learning because when you just enter like research mode and you never do anything, you don't want to get stuck in that, you know, space. But I think there's just so much to learn. So, I mean, for me, I feel like I'm a good communicator. But this morning I told my boyfriend to make breakfast and he was like, okay, great. Like he did it, right? I forgot what phrase I used, but it was kind of, but anyways, he was like, he told me to put the dishes away, but the way that I reacted to it was like defensive where I was like, no, no, no. Like I didn't do it. Cause I wasn't, I was lazy. Like I just had a lot to do yesterday. And he was like, I, I didn't say that. Right. I created these assumptions mm-hmm. and then I communicated poorly and I'm like, oh my God, like I want to be better than this. And so, right. you know, I'm always improving. I think we all are. <laughs>
You, you mentioned forgiveness a couple of times. What are you finding in your work with NLP? What are you finding the biggest fear with people offering forgiveness or willing to forgive? What are you finding is the biggest fear around doing, doing that? A lot of it has to do with, it feels like if you forgive someone, you're letting them back in and you're allowing them to hurt you again, either mm-hmm. like emotionally or physically or mentally. But I've learned that forgiveness doesn't have to be letting that person back in. It just means letting them go, like letting and letting them go, but also allowing yourself to move forward and not be stuck living with their shadow So I feel like that's the hardest thing for a lot of the people like I've suggested. So this isn't something I teach in my program forgiveness, but I'm starting to like, I'm starting to rethink like, is this something I should teach? But it's so such a sensitive topic that I'm like, okay, like I'm going to have to step into my courage and like really embrace this part. Cause for me, forgiveness was like one of the first steps to my journey of self-discovery. Again, I had to learn to forgive myself because I had made some mistakes that I wasn't proud of mistakes or lessons, whatever you want to call them. And I was so um, stuck on this narrative of, you know, I made mistakes. Like I shouldn't have done that versus taking the learnings from that. Like how did this allow you to be the person that you are now? And so in not forgiving myself, I entered depression. I entered loss of self. I grieved at the loss of myself. And it wasn't until I started using the tool, this one tool that I like highly suggest anyone just like going on YouTube and searching this forgiveness prayer called Honoponopono, which is a Hawaiian phrase. And I freaking loved it. Like I would meditate. That's actually how I started getting into meditation because meditation for me, I can't sit still. And I love like learning new things and like, I hadn't been consistent in a lot of things. And so for me, like I would, I would start meditating and then I couldn't do it. And so with guided meditation, specifically this forgiveness prayer, I was able to be consistent. I did it every night. I would start off like awake and then I'd fall asleep with it. And I'd be, and that was like practicing compassion on myself. Cause usually I'd be like, no, you have to stick through. You have to be awake the whole time that you're meditating. And I'm like, no, you're freaking meditating. You're allowing yourself to heal through this process. And I did it for an entire year. And then through that, by forgiving myself, I was also able to forgive other people, like relationships that I had had that hurt me, the relationship with my father and reacting less. I mean, like it's still a work in progress, that relationship, but reacting less to it and having more compassion for myself and other people. So yeah, I mean, forgiveness is definitely a powerful thing. And like I said, I would highly suggest like starting with just a meditation, right? Like you'll fight through it, but in the end, it'll feel real. You'll feel lighter. So yes, definitely. Let, let it go. Just like you got to let all the stuff that's attached to your fear go. If it's not a threat to your basic needs and a threat to your life, then you, you can let that go. You can, you can let go of somebody else's beliefs let go of somebody else's values let go of some because I think a lot of it is that we've adopted other people's fears as our own and then we live out our life owning and embodying that fear and then we have to come sit with Carla and do all the work to untie the knot 
and find out like none of this shit was really mine anyway. And then some of us might become resentful and not see our parents or whomever or the, you know, the caretaking adult as the villain and us as the victim. Now you got to go through this whole ho'oponopono thing <laughs> and forgiveness to like really release it all. So it really starts with what I'm hearing you say, it starts with, you got to identify where that fear is coming from. And a lot of the techniques that you mentioned, I use in my own coaching and didn't even know, realized like this, this, there's a tie here between NLP and, you know, giving your ego a voice and giving your soul a voice and giving creator God source a voice and bring them all together because they all have something to say. It's like voice di voice dialogue is what we call it. We call it right. voice dialogue in, in coaching, or at least I was taught voice dialogue in coaching where you sit with, you, you personify or objectify the fear and then you objectify the higher self. Well, yeah. much, and you know, and you give each one a voice and let each one say what it needs. And you end up finding that the fear is sometimes is really, like your inner child, or sometimes it's the inner child of your caretaker, your mom, your dad, your aunt, your grandparents, and you've carried that on your back and you can like just drop that like a backpack and and move on from that. And, and but know that, and, and, I, and I don't know if you, you'll agree or not with this, but know that just because you work through it that one time doesn't always dead the situation, doesn't always dead the fear because it's always sitting at the table, having something to say because you can't kill the ego and the ego's job is to use fear to protect you rightfully so but like you said when it gets to the point where um it's holding you back you can't be successful you've fallen into depression you you've lost all concept of self then then here we are with the problem and right. so it's going to take sitting with it working through it like putting your hands in it and working it through and and I'm very like intrigued with the whole conscious mind confusion thing where it's like you you go like what we do in coaching is you go seven layers deep with asking until you get right down to the root and what else right. and what else and what else and what else and how did it make you feel how did it make you feel you keep drilling down into it and it's like I don't fucking know I just want to you know <laughs> right that is what it is I just wanted my dad well that's what it was Fear of abandonment. Great. You know, like, yeah, it's, it's so, I want to say it's fun, but it's like, these are people's emotions, right? So I don't want to be like, this is fun. But I really, I mean, I feel like I'm in, I'm Oprah when I'm like in that process of like digging deep through their story because I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, why else? Like, how is this a problem? Like, what emotion were you feeling? Tell me about your sister. Tell me about your mom. And it's like, they're kind of like, why is she asking me all these questions? But I mean, I know why I'm asking them. And obviously at the end of it, we're like, we're digging, we're digging all the baggage up. Right. But I think where a lot of this fear starts showing up is when we don't get clear on our ideal selves. And I talk a lot about this in my brand because I've worked with clients who go from like point A to point Z and go through the process and really embody the transformation. So there's like four steps to being your most empowered self it's release so doing the release work then it's like goal setting then it's taking action and then it's focusing on those goals and focusing on the person that you want to be and focusing on the vision that you have and getting so grounded in that that you don't allow this like baggage that you release oftentimes people want to hold on to it 
and I admit this, like I was working with a practitioner and one of them, she gave me my notes and I was like, yes. Right. So I like, kind of like went back to the baggage, which I still remember it when I have done this work in the past and I just let it go. I let it go. And I don't even remember like why I felt this way. And I'm just like embodying who I am now. But the artist in me was like, can I get the notes? Because I was like, I might use this for like a future book, right? <laughs> so, then I worked with another practitioner and I asked her, I was like, hey, can I have the notes, please? And she was like, Carla, no, I'm not giving you the notes. Like that shit is gone. I don't want you to go back and question it and be like, wait, why did I have this fear? I still have this fear. Ooh, you know, and like really dig deep into it when it's like it exited that door. Yes, there's going to be new fears that come up. Maybe that same fear will surface up but you don't need to like dissect the fear so much to the point that you're not even embodying your ideal self. And so this is when I help my clients get really clear on their values and like their entire being of who they are. Like who, who are they spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally? How does that person show up? How do they feel? How do they like handle chaos? Like what are some of the things that they do every day to, to, you know, just to embody that person into move forward, even when life isn't going the way as planned. Right. And so when I hold on to that person, I always remind myself, like even recently, you know, I've been restructuring a lot with my business and I was allowing like fear to enter my mind and also like chaos and overwhelm and confusion. And I was like, that's not the person that I am. Like the person I am, she has complete clarity. She's calm. She finds solutions. And like, this isn't a lie because I've done the work. Like I've released that stuff. And I know that person that I am, I could embody her if I choose to step into that. And so now when I get overwhelmed with all this marketing stuff, I mean, you and I are in a marketing group together. So I like take a deep breath and I'm like, okay, what can balance Carla do right now? Cause balance Carla, she's not just about her career. She wants time for her relationship. She wants time for her, like spending time with her mom. She needs to read her Bible. She needs to work out. She's training for a marathon. I can't just allow this one thing that I'm like fearing, like take control of me. Right. And so I'm constantly reminding myself of those values, which is like, I want my peace. Like I want my calm. Right. And it still allows me to take action. Like I'm still, you know, doing like yesterday, I learned to sharing this on the side with you because it was like the chat AI for artificial intelligence, how to create content. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is so cool. And because I wasn't overwhelmed by it, I was like, okay, Carla, you're learning something new. You got this, like, you know, don't overwhelm yourself or more so just like, you know, embody the person who loves to learn. And I stepped into that and I was like, this is so cool. And I even took my computer and my boyfriend and I was like, so there's this thing called AI and I was like really excited about it. And so it's like, I embodied that person versus like being like, oh, cause every time I, I tell myself the story of like, I easily get overwhelmed. I'm someone who like, it, it's harder for her to learn. So I'm like a slow learner or whatever. When I like believe that about myself, that's who I become. Like, that's literally what, what I embody. And so when I feel my body shifting into that, my mind creating those thoughts, I'm like, no, no, no. Like, it's easy for you to learn. You get things done. You break it down into steps and and move forward. Right. Yeah, definitely. Oh man, this was great. This was good. I'm glad that we had this conversation. I think that as people of color or Brown people, we have to allow ourselves to be exposed to other ways of healing. Like I, I, I am a fan 
of prayer. Okay. I think prayer can change any and everything, but there's also other stuff out there too that can help us step more fully into who we really are. And there are tools and tricks and tips and, and strategies like NLP, like, you know, past life regression, like energy healing, like psychic readings, like coaching, like all of the other stuff that we have, you know, at our fingertips. We don't know that we have that stuff at our fingertips. And, and this was really an opportunity just to expose our community to other ways of finding healing, to, you know, take our own healing into our own hands and be accountable for it. And really like shrug off and work through a lot of the stuff that's riding our back so that we can like be exactly who we came on this earth to be. And that's just to be great. And if, let me tell you something, if you keep on feeding that fear, like it's a stray cat, it's going to keep coming around. Right. Mm -hmm. So you got to cut that thing off. And the thing with, that you said about wanting to know, switch, you don't need no notes. All you need to do is work through the shit and and move move on like right. you don't have to keep re-traumatizing yourself and revisiting that you work through it let's move on if it comes up again then address it but you don't have to like tuck it up under your bra pop, you know stick it in your pocket and ride around with it like it's a homie because it's not right <laughs> i always say like stop carrying it like it's a carry-on bag like stop carrying your baggage as if it's like oh can i take this like on the you know the top of the airplane with me because i might need it like no you don't need it <laughs> like let I'm it. in the bed with it like you're an old woman like somebody's gonna steal your money like let it go like stop and I, and I know that's easy to say and that's and that is why y'all we are giving you you know these ways of healing so Carla I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your your experiences and your knowledge about NLP neurolinguistic programming and it ain't brainwashing y'all okay like don't come over here with the bs go 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 fuss at your mom about that if that's what you believe okay don't come over here with it over here so before we get out of here carla real quick tell us how how people can connect with you on social media online in person what what you got yeah so you can follow me on carlagreg.com my website's there and through that you can find my youtube channel my instagram I definitely am on Instagram. I'll probably send you a voice memo if you have any questions. So yeah, you can find me at carlagreg.com or at carlagreg on Instagram. And that's Carla Greg with two G's, G-R-E-G-G. -G. Yes. All right. Awesome. And Carla with a K. And Carla with a K. All right, y'all. Well, I'm going to drop all that information in the show description so that you can connect with Carla. And I'm also grab a link to the Ho'oponopono prayer just in case anybody wants to start there with their forgiveness journey and self-compassion journey because we all need it we all deserve it so until next time y'all i'll see you later take care y'all bye hey and thanks so much for hanging in there with me all the way to the end of the podcast i hope you got lots of value from today's episode and feel more empowered and more inspired than you did before if you enjoyed this episode as much as I did doing it, then share it with somebody that might resonate with it. Also, I would really appreciate it if you could leave me a five-star review to help me get the word out about the show. And if at any point you have questions or topics you want me to riff about, as you can see, I like to talk, then I invite you to get on my social media platforms and just message me. And if you're feeling the nudge to work with me, then check out my offerings on my website. Everything you need to connect with me is in the show notes. So until next time, be empowered.